Hi, I'm Chris Damaris. And I'm Aaron Marquis, and you're listening to Bite. Bite. Yum. Well, yeah. yeah. Good, good evening, everyone. This is your host, Eamon Anderson from the Maw. We are going to be continuing our con- our conversation from last week uh, about storytelling in video games. This is going to be part two, and it's going to be about choice in video games and choice-driven narratives. Uh, so returning this week, we've got over in this corner, Mitchell Slink. Uh, hey there. All right. And over here, it's Adam Sellers. Hello. What is up? All right, and I don't have a corner. Yeah, he this this man doesn't get a corner, but he also really doesn't need any introduction. Uh, he's been here before, and he's back today. I'm smiling. So over here, who do we have? Who's here? Oh, it's uh, it's Aiden Hall. Hi, hello. How are, how is everybody? <laughs> he's back. It's good to be back. EA's here. AH is here. He's a little soggy from the storm, but he's back. Yeah, Matthew is a cold cold storm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but absolutely. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, he's a uh, former host, former co-host, and former podcast editor and podcast leader, yeah, however yeah, you want to say that. Editor, all all editor, of that. Lord um, Emperor. The real props uh, for, go to Daily. But. For Bite. So, he's going to be joining us this week. Hello. Um, and, yeah, I guess we're right into it, guys. So, uh, we're going to start off with some news real quick, because I guess people still want to hear about that, even though there's not a whole lot to talk about. Um, really all I have are some of the releases that have come out since we've been in here last. Um, the three big ones, we got, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider came out again, um, at this time for PS4, uh, with its 20th anniversary edition. Has all sorts of goodies packed in, um... Oh, so I've, the lift has finally been lifted, like the one console release has, has been lifted. Yes, yeah, the, uh, limited exclusivity is up. Or, such a weird combo of words yeah limited yeah. exclusivity except it wasn't exactly exclusive because it was on pc and xbox but whatever um but yeah the big stuff uh, there's a, a playstation vr dlc available in it it's got all the dlc in it just like a game of the year would have and um it's got some extra skins for the anniversary edition how much does that cost uh it's a full price ah yeah it's full price um it which has a season pass in it too doesn't it it's everything okay yeah yeah it's everything um but with that, I mean, the, I think the Xbox version is still like 30, 40 bucks, so it's not bad. Um, but it does also have skins where you can actually play as the low polygon PlayStation <gasps> version. God. Triangle uh, boobs? Exactly. <laughs> oh, the best! <laughs> the torpedoes themselves. Way to bury the lead, Eamon. Way to bury the lead. <laughs> you know, I was surprised when Metal Gear Solid 4 had Metal Gear Solid 1 Snake Mask. Right. And well, now, and then Ground Zeroes had uh, you could unlock um, the original PlayStation Solid Snake. Just oh yeah, you the, could. the full skin, the full body. Mm-hmm. It's the cool. whole thing. Yeah, no, it's it, it was pretty crazy. I think that was the PlayStation one, and then uh, the Xbox one. You could unlock uh, Raiden, I think. Yeah, to play it was Raiden like from three, two, two, two. two. Two and four. And yeah, I don't think it was but Cyborg not, Ninja. Not, not naked Raiden. Uh, I don't think it was Cyborg. <laughs> yeah, no naked cartwheels what a shame. today. <laughs> right? Look at how far come we've on. come without Naked Raiden. We need him back. Trump might be president, and it's because we gave up Naked Raiden. 
But uh, overall, the consensus there is that uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider is still a really good game. It was kind of covered up last year. Uh, hopefully, you know, it gets a little bit more love this time around. Um, averaging an 88 on Metacritic at the moment, so not bad. Um, I'd say pretty good. Yeah, right? Even even good. Uh, <laughs> it could be good. Gears of War uh, was the other big mm-hmm. release. Um, the remaster? Uh, no, the Gears of War 4. Four. Oh, the yes, sequel. the new one. What happens when they get old? Um, yeah. Well, no, the, it's not one that I suppose uh, Phoenix or whatever is technically still in it, and he is old, but he's not the main character. No, it's, it's his son, his son and his, or in that squad. Grandson or whatever. Yeah. It's his son. I've never son. played any of the Gears of War, but I've watched the ending to Gears of War 3 so many times. Like, <laughs> he just has it. Is it that so, good? It's pretty, I mean, it's kind of sad. Oh, so. Yeah, I mean, I hear it's supposed to be yeah. a bit of a tearjerker. Yeah, it's um, sad. Yeah, I've, I've never quite understood the attraction to the Gears of War stuff. I don't really like the chainsaw play style. Gun. It, it's chainsaw yeah. gun. It's chainsaw, uh, basically. It's wrinkling muscles. It's everything that made Duke Nukem good, minus the jokes. Everyone's a football <laughs> player. Everyone. Everyone. Um, I mean, Civilians, some, football players. Some of the Duke Nukem jokes were pretty bad. They, that's absolutely true. <laughs> that's why forever... Maybe they just took out too many jokes, you ha- know? Well, half the Duke Nukem jokes were just references. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah Half no. of Nukem was Big Bang Theory. It was just a rerun of uh, They Live, basically. You know, what, what oh. can you do? And, what, and what's bad about that? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Nothing e- is wrong with that. Exactly. Um, I suppose on the note of Duke Nukem, pre orders for Duke Nukem just went up. 20th um, anniversary. Yes, yes. The anniversary edition collection? Is it just something? One game? I don't know. Of the original, of 3D, right? Yes. yes. Good. I can't keep the Duke Nukem game straight, to be honest with <laughs> well, you. Well, there's uh, one, two, three, and bad. Oh, is that, <laughs> is that how it goes? Is that the uh, that's, numerology there? That's the order of the t- of like the old Batman movies. There's one, two, <laughs> bad and kind of bad. I mean, really bad. Oh man, don't be dissing Batman forever on my show. Man. Can I diss Arkham Knight because that game was pretty garbage? Wow, I literally just played it and I finally finally got there. I hate you. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. I, I like that game. It's not as good as... He can't trust his opinion, it's not, it's He not liked as good Arkham as, Knight, and he stands by. It's not as good as Arkham City. Arkham City, way Amen. better. But. Amen. What killed the dinosaurs? Come on. The Ice Age! There we go. Yeah. There we yeah. go. <laughs> Chopper! Um, but... It's good to be back. <laughs> we're back, folks. Um, no, but uh, Mafia 3 was the other big release, um, and that's the one that's been seeing a little less than stellar reviews. Um, mixed would be a kind way of saying it for the most part. Uh, it is averaging a 69 on Metacritic right now. Lots of bugs, mm. apparently, uh, particularly on the PC version. Has the but. PC... Um, have they, like, ever... Whoever the modders have they unlocked it from 30 FPS yet? Or I have no idea. I saw that on I, day I one. I saw something and about every, that, and it's like <laughs> it's only a matter. Of it's time not gonna it. like why is the headline? I mean, it's every game that like big game that releases. There's a couple that water is locked at 30 yeah. FPS, <laughs> and in two days, the it's modder, right back up. Right. Yeah, it's like, the modders bother? fix it. So why bother? Yeah, well, and uh, Watch Dogs 2 is coming out, and I know Watch Dogs was another one that was kind of infamous for that sort of thing. Yeah. Watch Dogs um, was just infamous for being bad. Yeah. Well, this new one looks neat, though. But, like, it, I mean, the first one looked neat. Remember that? Yeah, well, the well, first one sounded like, really that look, interesting. That looks awesome. It looked cool. And then you're like, why am I stalking a brony? Why did it give me this power? <laughs> and what am I doing with this? The thing I'd say about the first one, like, as soon as they revealed anything about the story is when I lost interest. Like, because it just did not line up with what was going on in the what? game. But I love Mr. Robot. 
No, well, uh, M- Mr. Robot's what's happening in the new one, which is why it actually looks good. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the last one was just a standard Grand Theft Auto revenge story, and That's I right. don't know why we have these hacking abilities. Like, I just, It doesn't make any sense. It's, Whatever. It's, it's to make Where's it? our Christian Slater? We don't have any Christian Slater. Look, this game is bad. Look, the hacking abilities are there so that it, it distracts the fact that it's just a poorly made GTA clone. Yeah, well, and it, it definitely is uh, in that open world, third person shooter, all that stuff. I've heard that the new ones uh, definitely putting a little more focus in some of the stealth areas and stuff to kind of differentiate a little bit. Can only hope, um, right? But the question on every month's mind is, where is Sleeping Dogs Two? Uh, you see, it's, that's, it's still asleep. Well, it needs to wake up because Sleeping Dogs. Well, is weren't so they going to do like an MMO or something like that? They were. <laughs> they were. Lord knows why. Um, it's a good game. I've heard it's good. I don't. You can have play it. in Bruce Lee's like Kung Fu Island thing from Enter the Dragon. Yeah. yeah, one of those. One of those. But that's more or less the news that we have for today, guys. So we're just uh, we're Can gonna. Can watch two? That's the plug. My shameless plug. Yeah, it's great. All right, now what are we talking about? I can't believe you brought up Yokai Watch. On yeah, show. I did. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. I'm giving you a little uh, Aiden spice. Uh, <laughs> um, but cool. we're we're going into uh, choice. Choice-driven narratives and stuff. So uh, first thing I'm going to do is kind of go over what I mean by that uh, before we go in, just like I did last time. Uh, So choice-driven stuff uh, refers to giving the opportunity for the player's decisions to have some sort of aspect on the story. Um, Small, large, it could be any amount of it. Um, And uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk about, like, if they did decide to have a very small impact of the choice, why did they maybe decide to do that was it even worth having choices in there who knows um but uh definitely two ways to break it down though uh the active choice system of something like bioware where it's like it pauses the game and you're like all right kids which way you going the cage um, or the bird <laughs> right yeah pick your path pick your dialogue and you're good um, and then there's stuff that's more passive, like um, Dishonored is a nice example of it, where it's just like, how many people did you kill? All right, well, this is what your tally is of uh, <laughs> of your chaos level, and we're moving on. Um, <clears throat> now, I have a question in regards no. to that. Yeah, oh. okay. Oh. What well, do you got? No, if, if I'm, I'm rejecting uh, No, it's too late now. <laughs> okay, so where would you put Fallout on choices like that? Um, Fallout's probably gonna be. Uh, I haven't really played it, uh, and so you got you feel free to input here. But that's I think a little bit more on the active side, okay. like Bioware. That's fair, right? Yeah, I'd say kinda. the choices they, some of them don't matter at all. You know, there's just some stupid mm-hmm. choices, and then there's the ones that. How am I gonna finish the game? Like you know, how, what what ending mm-hmm. am I gonna choose? Yeah. Right, yeah. like, but it's still a very like I'm clearly making a decision yeah. right now. Like the this is the game is going to split in two yeah. ways. Here. And there are like the um, sidekicks that you can have that will like you more if you make certain decisions. And like that's kind of when decisions matter because they're extremely useful, mm-hmm. especially fair. if you want to you know get in there, <laughs> get in there, get in hey. there. <laughs> Um, Get in that yeah, bunker. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, Piper, I need you to teach me journalism. <laughs> teach me whatever. It doesn't matter. McCready. Get in my house. Um, <laughs> but uh, Valentine, I'm an equal opportunity <laughs> employer. What What is it about choices in games? Why Why is uh, Why do we have choices in games? I guess is what I'm trying to say here. Probably just to like give the game a bit of impact. Like I made this choice, and therefore this game is important because I was a part of it. Okay, yeah. I'd so, say to m- make linear games 
uh, seem a lot less linear. Like okay. if, if you're going to watch a, a Telltale movie and click every once in a while, uh, they're very linear. Sure. Yeah, you just Absolutely. you just sit there and you 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 walk up to a bunch of people and they're all leaning against walls doing absolutely nothing making you do all the work. And then you, after you pass that area, you got to make a decision and then that impacts the rest of the game kind of. I mean, mm-hmm. some of the choices don't really matter. They just show you little stats at the end. Yeah. And like, hey, you, get a you made PowerPoint. Yeah, you made this game. person pretty mad at this point. You and 500 other people did that. Like, talk about things like I'd say it just spices things up, and then some games actually (laughs) does matter a lot. But most, not most games, some games it just takes the linear and makes it spicy. So, yeah. What do you What are you thinking over there? Well, let me let me get nice and deep and philosophical (laughs) with you here. All right. Yeah. Uh, Theory of knowledge stuff. Cracks knowledge. Philosophy Uh, time. Yes, cracks knowledge, not knuckles. Um, I would say probably. What makes video game choices so interesting is that video games arguably are the most engaging forms of media we have today. As opposed to movies where you sit and you watch it for three hours and that's it. Video games, even since you know old SNES, NES days, you're moving, you're adding in these inputs for your character to move. You're really making choices, even in the concept of Mario. Do you step on the Goomba or do you go down the green pipe and go a different route? Yes, yeah. I, yes um, I've seen that webcomic. It's, okay. Yeah, the one we've all been there. It's it's the one where like uh, this guy's playing Mario and it's like he just doesn't jump and let the Goomba kills him, and it's like wow, what an wow, what a deep game and writes a whole article about like to jump or not to jump, the deep philosophical choices in Mario. But I mean, you know, that's a thing. I mean, you can <laughs> look at like Legend of Zelda, uh, even Smash Bros. In a way, you're making choices, you're making calls, whereas in movies you don't get that opportunity, you don't get that in TV. So now you're just stuck there saying, "Don't go in the room." Don't do that. That's stupid. <laughs> Stop and it. Then, and then you get to like, uh, oh, what was that game? Not Dying Light. Until Dawn. Sure. You get to Until Dawn, and you're like, "No, don't do that." I told you, don't make the flamethrower, and you still made it. Why is that a good idea? <laughs> Deodorant flamethrower? Really? That was so stupid. They <laughs> should have died school. there. Oh my gosh. But yeah. um, but that's what I'm saying. Is like. They add in these ideas of choices and options, and it yeah, it does get your brain going. But choice in video games isn't a new thing. It's, I mean, you oh, have no, not at all. You have choice yeah. since the beginning, and it's very interesting to see what the choices do. Like Mass Effect, it's infamous for you know you do a Paragon path. It's a completely different story than if you did a Renegade mm-hmm. path. Um, Jade Empire, which that's a nice little call out to an underappreciated Bioware game. Pick up Jade Empire today. Um, an older one. It I will say, like, checks out. Nintendo doesn't seem to have mm-hmm. as many passive or active choices in them. Like, the only choice I can really think of in a recent Nintendo game is in Metroid games, and that's <coughs> save the animals or kill the animals, and that's that was such a 19- minute part of the game. That was in 1994, was it? It was. It was a while ago. Well, I would say that there's, uh, there's an aspect of um, uh, decision-making and stuff like Animal Crossing. Yeah, yeah that's fair. I mean, because I mean, you have the decision to beat your neighbor with a net until they basically leave town. Uh, What's like, the other option? Because I see the right that. option Go and then <laughs> the wrong one of not hitting them. The butterfly net ghost town is the only way to play. The best way to play. <laughs> I mean, no you can also I mean, manage your town. You can, you know, take yeah, you t- pick true. the weeds or not. I mean, I hate picking weeds, but mm-hmm. it's like I am the mayor of this town, and I just made everyone leave. Now it's all mine. I own it all. <laughs> Everything I survey is mine. Yeah, no, and I mean uh, that. I mean, even with like, yeah, Fire Emblem. I can, I'll give it a pass for Fire Emblem, but 
if you're playing it on anything that's not like classic mode, where if your character dies, they're dead and they don't come back, there ways then there's really no weight to your choices. There are ways to stop that from happening? Like, you can turn that off? Yeah, you can go to easier difficulties and it'll bring them back. Either in the next turn, which is Weenie Hut Jr. mode, or at <laughs> oh the gosh. end of the mission. <laughs> that That's like that's like the the highlight of the series. That's why you're playing Fire Emblem. Why would you? I don't know. Whatever. I take it Whatever. out of my first playthrough so I can appreciate the story. Then I take it all out so that I can really hate myself and feel sad that I am a horrible general. <laughs> you play right. Lord of the Rings and you play Game of Thrones. I see how it goes. Right? Pretty much. That's exactly the way to describe it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it sounds like we're talking that the pl- player agency is the reason, uh, a way to show that there is an amount of input that you're able to do um, within the game. Uh, is that sort of a something that's still supposed to be a simulation uh, for storytelling, or is that trying to get you to feel like it's uh, the real life, not fantasy? <clears throat> well, you're catching me in a landslide here. No escape from reality, dude. All right. Is it a simulation, <laughs> or is it real life? Yeah. Well, it, it, that's a question. <laughs> right? No. Uh, no I, I mean, it just that it is... Putting choice in games a way that they're, we're trying to simulate real life, uh, that, that we're trying to make it as real as possible, or is that a way to that writers and developers use to tell their story? I feel like it's trying to make it more realistic because, I mean, two different people could have two different opinions, and which one is more real to them? Sure. So that's, that's my input on that. What is reality? Yeah, yeah, I mean, right, reality could be a simulation. We we don't know that. We just don't know. Things got real Mass Effect three real quick. <laughs> Star Child, please. Star Child, you're just a wee babe. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, choice. Right. Choices. Yeah, yeah for so, sure, man. Sorry, I got a bit sidetracked there. It's okay. No, I, I was like, uh, it looks like you're gonna say something. Just spit it out. Yeah. No. Uh, no. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's um. That, that, that's the sort of thing you have to think about with some of these games because I think there are definitely games that are trying to make things feel a little more real, like you're you're in this role, role-playing games, if you will. I think Bethesda tries to do that with that's their titles. That's all Bethesda does. Yeah, that, that's why they have those choices in there because it's about the role-play. I don't think that's why something like Mass Effect has it in there, though. Um, what do you guys think about it? Have, have we all played Mass Effect here? I am out. A little bit. Vote. You haven't? No. You haven't I actually have, played it? I haven't actually played it. I've, okay. I've all seen right. a lot about it, but I've never That's actually fine. played it. I've so never. Okay. last talk, I can actually say I have played all three now. Amazing. I finally played one. Well, it's about I, time. I got one step ahead of you there. I've played up to the point where you get the fish looking guy. Which one? What? In the first game. Guy. There's a lot of aliens in this. In the first Garrus? Yeah, I think that's his name, yeah. The bird he's person? A, he's a bird. He's what? a person. Yeah, he's bird person. Yeah, person. Um, Hashtag save Rick 2016. Heck yeah. <laughs> okay, so maybe Mass Effect might not be the best way to but go hey, about I it. But I can really uh, do this. <laughs> And your name is literally EA. Uh, I, just, I can't help that. Hey, I made choices in that <clears throat> game, okay? I chose to, you know, level up my stats so that I could tell that guy... Look, we need your wife's body. Right. But oh, I do remember that. That was, oh, you feel like a monster for that. I feel like a monster anyway, and that's yeah. that's good choices. And that's good choice decision. It's like in those, yeah, it's like in the Telltale games where it's like, no matter what you do, you're going to get screwed in the end. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise, Game Life, of Thrones. Life's terrible. <laughs> Surprise, Ramsey don't care. <laughs> Dang it. Um, 
But I, is that something that uh, makes a good choice in a game? Then is it is it ha- does it have to be a life or death decision, or does it is it something where like, I de- I definitely think it should make you think. Yeah. Or like present some sort of ethical dilemma or choice that really makes you like question. Sure. Is this really reflective of myself? There should be some weight to it. Yeah. Some amount, potentially. I don't know. Uh, uh, is it more just you know? I guess the the more passive sort of choice based like Animal Crossing, your choices don't really have weight per se. No. Like obviously it's going to change some stuff, but it's not like this man will die if you decide. Like it's not going to be a huge ethical quandary, is it? I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't play uh, Animal Crossing. I typically <laughs> stick to good games. But, I, um, I don't play it either. <laughs> I don't play it either. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's a little. Hey. I'm sorry, I like narratives. Excuse more, me. I'm more of a Stardew Valley kind of guy. <laughs> and, and I mean, it's not wrong if it's good. But you can the, marry new people now. All, all the best games have have have, have no narratives. Minecraft, Animal Crossing, Stop. Minecraft, Pac-Man. You are hurting me. Racket League. Racket League. <laughs> Racket League's the way to go. Is, is Racket League that new uh, rocket tennis game? Uh, it's actually badminton, but yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, common mistake. It's uh, fine. I thought it was rugby. <laughs> it's a good old game of hand egg. You're absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely. It, Eamon's dying. I am. I, it's, it's the allergies slowly killing me. Um, but yeah, I mean, the choice, uh, the choices though, and say like Dishonored and stuff. That's not necessary. Is, is it a choice to be going through the games? not killing or killing or whatever, obviously you're going to get into spots in those games where it's like, I'm panicked, cut the head off. Um, but, I mean, I would I say mean, that's just the same as in, like, Deus Ex or even okay. Metal Gear Solid, where you have yeah. the option to use the tranquilizer bullets or, more effectively, real bullets. It just, it it adds an extra layer to the character, I feel. Or less effectively, Rambo. Or less effectively, Rambo. Yeah. But the they give you the option. Just you need a hug. But here's the thing, you have the choice, you can do it. Yeah. Well, and just because we can put a choice in there, do you guys think we should? Like, should that always be something that a developer strives toward? I don't think choices should be necessary in every game, but it, always, but, but it helps in a lot of games. Sure. Like it, he's, also, it also uh, hinders, but no, you go ahead. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you said it earlier, um, like Mario, how every game has choices no matter how new. I think, like, even then, those choices are obviously necessary to beat the game. But I don't think all choices have to be heavy. Because, Absolutely. say, like, if you're a little kid and you want to play Kirby, would you rather play a game of Kirby where you get to choose between the tire or the ice ice Kirby, or where you're given the option to fly away on your star or swallow the ball of fire that's going to engulf the planet while sacrificing Kirby himself? <laughs> like, Why not that both? will destroy your childhood. Like... I don't know. Majora's Mask was a little heavy for me when okay, I was a yeah. kid, but I guess yeah. I guess that's yeah. like literally the exact same thing. Well, not yeah. literally. No, but. but I will say just sort of like an antithesis to that. Um, there are times where the options are just completely ridiculous. Ridiculous, and the choices they're they're fake. So the one thing I hate is fake choices. Like as I said earlier, get Yokai Watch Two. The one thing I hate about Yokai Watch 2, it's okay, Eamon, this is going to come back around, you're welcome, um, is that in the beginning, fleshy spirits and bony spirits, bony spirits and fleshy souls. There you go. Yeah, I own it and I can't even get the names right. What that's actually in reference to isn't the later factions, but it's opening to the first two donut shops in the game. And there's 
the fleshy donuts that your mom's a really big fan of and the bony donuts that your dad's a really big fan of. And you're given $9 and told, go and get a dozen donuts from the place that you think is the right option. However, what? you can only get the one from the version of the game you bought. So you can't go and buy a fleshy one if you have bony spirits. So you have to go to the bony donuts and get bony donuts. So it's so it's the option of a fake choice. There is no actual choice in the game. It's the like Final Fantasy or not Final Fantasy Fire Emblem Fates style. Your your choice was which game yeah. you picked up. Unless you get the other extensions. It's like any like... Pokemon game if you want the legendary. Pretty much. Kinda. Or, or yeah. basically Ruby or Sapphire to see which guy is actually the villain. Yep. Or exactly just, that. Just, just which get Emerald and, and be ambitious. The good, the good kid, you know? Just get Emerald and they're both wrong. Yeah. Just get Emerald, screw it all, go to the battle frontier. Have you guys ever played a game where you think that, like, you, you've been put up with a choice and it's like, why is this here? Duke like, Nukem. Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem Forever. I didn't even know that. There, there was a, the, yeah, no, they added oh, them because God. that was the hip thing to do. And <laughs> I don't remember because anyone Mass else play again. Duke Nukem Forever. I played a demo. No, okay. Well, you played the demo, and that choice was in it. You really? See, if you go to the bathroom before you fight the giant robot on the football court, mm -hmm. there is an option, and it actually pauses everything and gives you two options: pick up the poo, or leave the poo alone in the toilet. Oh my god! And this is a real achievement-worthy <laughs> achievement and choice that you have to pick. Do you pick up the poo? And that was truly. If we're talking big, like Mass Effect 3, there was always the big debate that the ending was a little, you know, short yeah. and it didn't possibly even matter what one you picked. But there was still a the weight. wrong, but that's fine. There was a weight to it. Knights of the Old Republic, a weight to it. Skyrim, there are weight to your decisions. Kind of. But do you pick up the poo? I don't know the actual weight of the poo, but that's about the only weight it gives you to that choice. It's probably oh not God. that heavy. I mean, you can throw it on like a marker board, but that's about it. <laughs> Just keep it in your pocket the whole game. You can do that. Excellent. There's oh an, I think there's cool. an achievement for carrying it through the game. I believe it. It's, that gnome, it's like that gnome achievement in Left 4 Dead 2. Oh. Oh. That thing's impossible. I know, I know one that comes to mind for me is uh, Uncharted 4 had some dialogue options at one point where you it did nothing but change like one line of dialogue in the cutscene. <laughs> oh man, I love Fallout. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, there's that. Um, but yeah, what about you guys? Uh, is there anything that you can think of? Or? Um, I'm going to go ahead and go to Tales from the Borderlands. Tales from Borderlands. Telltale. That very, very good game. I loved it. But it's sometimes the choices didn't matter at all like i mean it's a telltale game it's gonna have choices that don't matter mm -hmm. but there was a lot and i'm borderlands is in my like top three franchises of like all time so it's pretty special to me so um like some some of the like now there were the really plot heavy ones that were canon that made me almost tear that made me tear up <laughs> um, it happened all right i mean skeeter man was ready to give you a ride if you caught it. Like, uh, but such deep and compelling characters. I mean, it's just, you know, the telltale. Like, there's so many choices that don't matter, and they should. There should be more plot-heavy ones. Mm -hmm. Like, but it's all linear. Like, okay. it's, if that makes sense. Now, uh, yeah, sure. But I guess my uh, question then oh. is just. Um, should it not have choices? Should it not? Oh, oh, I mean. Well, at that point, then it's just a TV show. Yeah, it's just a movie. Right. Right. They, right. they just watch this almost Game of Thrones fanfic. So, Something uh, like that. I the, don't know. The problem wasn't having choices, period, just that they needed it, to. Yeah. Um, I feel like the choices are necessary. I think they should put more uh, story-changing choices in. Sure. Because 
I mean, yeah, a couple character like side characters will die every once in a while, but there's like it's inevitable that this person that everyone's made to love mm-hmm. dies. No, and I, 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 I don't think yeah. I mean, I know like most of the Telltale games they get, you know, their rights from other people and they're basically they're licensed. Fed yeah. fed a story and they got to make it, right. which I mean, because it has to be canon or whatever. I've heard nothing but wonderfully awful things about the Batman Telltale oh. games. I, I've heard that there's been some interesting stuff in it with uh, choices on whether to handle a situation as either Bruce Wayne or Batman. Yeah, I've heard about stuff that like too, that. but it just sounded like, like a really bad Gotham plot. I don't really want a Telltale Batman game because I know it won't give me the option it's to kill late. anyone. It's too late. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm probably not going to... I mean, I'm just saying I'm not going to play it because it doesn't uh-huh. give me the option to go out of Batman's code of conduct. Yeah, but I mean, if you are dealing with a pre-existing character like Batman, and part of his mythos is that he doesn't kill anyone, at least in certain adaptations, assume that's the adaptation we're going with mm-hmm. here. Um, should so we're there... not doing all-star Batman? No, we are, we're not doing Batman versus Superman Batman either. Oh, right. Um, yeah, pity. Uh, but should there be a choice in a licensed property where we're using a Batman that has a rule of don't kill people, should there be an option to kill people? I feel like at some point, but it should be like really story changing. Like after, like at like at the end of Dark Knight, where when you actually do it, he's just like, I don't really, want, I don't know what to do. I'm, what am I doing? <laughs> ah! It's like you, uh, yeah. And then the Screaming. deaths, and then the deaths come out, and then and then they just point at you through the screen. It's like you did this. You ruined Batman. So uh, basically, as long as there's a narrative consequence, I feel like, um, you know the where he's made to make that huge decision, I feel like that happens in almost every modern Batman movie, yeah. where yeah. at the end of the movie, he's got the bad guy, he's it's able more than to... a little played out. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> able to take him out right then and there, and, you know... He's just too good. He, he's, he's too good of a guy. He's too like, good. I'm not going to kill you. I don't care if you just bombed a school or whatever. <laughs> I don't care. You're too... I'm too good of a human being to kill just you. Just fly the nuke off the coast. Humble brag. Yeah. Wasn't there an option like that in Arkham City with Joker? Uh, in Arkham City, there I was don't some kind so. of stupid option, like choice, in Arkham City that I totally forget. Mm. It was with someone. It wasn't. If it wasn't with Joker, it might have been with Rage. Could have been with Rage. I don't recall. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of Batman and horrible video games, Arkham Knight. Um, <laughs> when we're talking about a character's mythos and their ideas, and this is something that you can agree with me with because we've talked sure. about this, the Batmobile in Arkham Knight. It, they try and come up with these excuses. There's some for really cool stuff with the Batmobile. How Batman Knight. doesn't kill, like, like if you run someone over. No, they just got shocked. Zap, zap. Um, oh, it's providing cover fire. The same tank that can blow helicopters out of the air. It's okay. It's just shooting PB guns. It's fine. <laughs> They're not dead. They're not really Funk. dead. They're just shooting batarangs, so which don't kill. When you add in this illusion that you're sticking to Batman's ideals and principles. Then it, it really kind of takes away from his, I don't kill, races around, shocks people, shoots a car, makes it flip. <laughs> He's fine. He'll get out. It's okay. It, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, <clears> it's <throat> steal their gun. It's okay. He shoots them non-lethally. <laughs> You're like, but that's not Batman. That's not how Batman do. Right. And so it's really, they kind of take the option out of your hands to play Batman how you want to play Batman and instead gives them the tools to make it non-lethal even though these people should be dead. Like, Gotham should be... I'm not killing them. I'm just making them completely 
useless for the rest of their lives. They will never I'm... walk again. <laughs> they are vegetables. Try getting out of Arkham now. Vegetal. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing about cars and choice in, in games in general. Look, if you're a smart person, you probably know that uh, cars can hurt people lethally to put lightly enough. Even though it's not lightly enough, cars kill. And if you give someone a car in a game and you give them open street with pedestrians, I think I know what some people will want to do. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you want to put a car in a game, you better ex- you better expect that we'll at least be either A, going on Mario Kart. Someone will run someone else. Yeah. Or B, we will whether have... It's a, they will do it. Whether it's intentional or not, <laughs> someone's getting run over. Because <laughs> in any happen. game that just gives you an open street, it's really hard to drive those cars. Have you ever played like just tried to follow street rules in a game before? It's impossible. It's so dumb. I, I, it's so impossible. You're going five miles an hour the whole the whole way. Yeah, it's like, man, this is awful. And it's like, like, why do I have to like quarter press my X button down? <laughs> right. When I, I can I just press it all the way down. It feels a lot more comfortable. Zorro. And I'm going 150 miles an hour. Life. I don't. Oh my god. So like, it's like we recreate everything <laughs> in New York. Yeah, even the traffic. Why did you do this? <laughs> Stop. It's like. It's like I tried role-playing it in GTA V with, like, three different characters. Like, Michael, he seems like the mo- one of the more down-to-earth people, even though he's crazy. But, like, I when I play with him, sometimes I want to, you know, follow the street rules because sometimes he just wants to live that quiet life. And then when I'm, like, when I'm Franklin, you know, he has, like, that special ability. You can't put that to waste. You want to do some sick moves. And when you're Trevor, it's fair game for anything. Trevor, yeah. Trevor don't play by the rules. Never does. Trevor is the. He rules. can't. Like even in, in GTA, if you tr- do, do uh, if you do try to drive by the rules, even not even by the rules, just stay on the road. They will throw people in front of you. <laughs> they will. You have. It's just gonna they're happen. gonna make you kill people even on accident. <laughs> you hit a bumper. The Chaos. cops are like, "Ooh, someone's up to something." Mm. I hate. I hate how in GTA Four, the only street rule that they ever follow is you gotta pay the toll. <laughs> oh, yeah, there it. were tolls in four. Gotta pay the toll. You gotta pay the troll toll. Because the people who developed that game are trolls. Yeah, that was nasty. It was so stupid. You, you got to pay the toll, and then you got to go bowling, right? That's the other. Hey, Nico, let's go bowling. <laughs> it's you gotta pay, you it's gotta, your cousin. You got to pay the troll Roman. toll if you want to go bowling. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, uh, but yes. Anyway, Roman is today. I, I believe we were talking about uh, storytelling and were choice. We? At some yes, point. I, I was really happy about talking um, about Roman. How many years ago was that? <laughs> I don't know. I, it's been a while. It's been a while. But um, better than Navi. But, I mean, when you think about storytelling and you think about constructing a story and stuff, uh, the writer, obviously, or writers in a lot of video games cases, have some sort of point they're trying to get across, usually. Um, Some sort of main theme. Is that something that you think is going to be difficult to do if you're trying to get player agency involved in there? Like, how, how do you get across your idea when you're trying to keep the player engaged and make their own decisions? Uh... Well, if you want to make well, like if you want to make the choices impactful, you obviously gotta make the game somewhat leave an impact, mm-hmm. so that when you make that choice, it's like this is going to affect everything. Sure. Yeah, but uh, like uh, uh, that, that's fine, and you can do that obviously, and I think that's something that's needed, particularly for grandiose decisions that might be in something on the scale of Mass Effect or. Mm-hmm. One of the big RPGs. Um, I just like I, it. I just don't like <clears throat> video games that end with like a binary choice that doesn't really mean anything except you now got to make that choice. We just tacked it on the, at the last minute. Mm-hmm. It's like half of all AAA games right now. I feel, or, well, or even at least Dark Souls did that. Yeah, Dark Souls. <laughs> like the only choice that ever mattered that ever mattered story wise 
happens at the very end of the game. Do you want to turn on the lighter or do you just want to leave? It, but it does does it affect, I guess, how how the player ends up feeling about the decision if, say, the writer wants to get across that killing is bad or whatever. So you have the choice to either kill or don't kill. If you kill, do, do you get punished I think somehow? if you want to make them feel bad. Mm-hmm. Now, this won't work for all human beings. There's some pretty messed up people out there. <laughs> sure. Make it gruesome. But, and but the like, average. Make it, make it, make them like feel bad for doing it. Make okay. the person getting killed obviously in pain, obviously distraught. And like maybe even make the main character a little messed up afterwards. But does that, but does that ultimately take away from the player decision? Like, I, I made this decision I feel like to kill the person. It make it, make it like that and then make it the easier decision throughout the game. So if they do decide to kill the person, they're like, I could have just done this and it would have been one extra step. I wouldn't have had to kill the guy, but it's the easier way around. I feel kind of bad about it. That's you know, which is typically the yeah. way it is. Yeah make, it, yeah, make it the easier way to kill somebody. Well, that's basically the basis of Undertale. Like, it's kind of just simpler to kill them, but you know, sometimes, but you, sometimes you just want to put in that extra effort. You want to go the extra mile. And Reach you out sh- that hand in friendship. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just want to save them. Or you just want to kill them all, you know? Sometimes. You, except on Undertale, you after you do, you realize, I shouldn't have done that. Right. <laughs> because now my save file is corrupt forever. I know there's skeletons in Undertale. That, that's about as far as I got. <laughs> I mean, skeletons. how do you kill them? There's skeletons. Uh, Frankly, uh, it's a bit too late to get into dead. Undertale, since the internet has probably spoiled everything <laughs> relentlessly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about Undertale. I know some, but uh, not, not a ton. Um... But I mean, uh, just how, is, is that just how you get across your story? That that you're um, as an author is that how you get that across? That you punish the player for making the decision that you don't want, or I'm gonna say no. Okay. And I'm gonna use Bethesda okay. twice. Get oh. ready. I'm ready. Too deep. Okay. Sure. So Dishonored, your favorite, <laughs> arguable Bethesda game. Hands down, but okay. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I could argue that it's not, but I would be wrong. Um, you're yeah. constantly given an option. You know, mm-hmm. save people, kill them non-lethally, well, not kill them non-lethally, <laughs> take them out non-lethally, avoid conflict, and it's better because the plague doesn't spread, everyone lives better, and, you know, this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. In that sense, you get, you're given a more linear but branching storyline. And... I'm I'm not I never finished Dishonored, so I can't tell you about the final decision and everything which I'm you sure should, but you can leave you can you know tell people but what's interesting is Bethesda also does something along the lines of Skyrim where you don't really have choices and yet you have all the choices your choices are more in the sense of you're going around doing essentially short stories you're doing the thieves guild you're doing the mages college the companions and you're all that you're doing good the stuff. companions you're doing the story missions and you do them at your own pace and how you feel that your character would do them sometimes you'll do a character run where you don't do the thieves guild sometimes you'll do it where you do do the mages <laughs> that's college all, that's all my playthroughs i never do the thieves guild you always reason. really i mean if you uh, don't I, want the skeleton I have, key i don't like i don't like i don't like stealth in Bethesda's games because they never do it right. I mean, stealth makes Skyrim a whole lot easier because that is broken. I I tried a stealth run one time and I was I destroyed my file like completely. Like, I'm sitting there, I walk into a cave, I'm sneaking around, I walk up behind a guy, I put my swords around his neck like just, you know, kill him (laughs) instantly. And 
I, it says that you feel a sharp pain or something. Like, and I'm like, okay. And I've checked the guy's body. He's a vampire. Yep. So I walk outside. Surprise. And and then like 20 minutes later, it turns out I'm a vampire. And Pre-DLC. how? I don't know. I, I was behind his back and I instantly killed him. So, but It's, it's glitchy. That's yeah. Skyrim. I once kicked a dragon into a boss. And I don't know how I did that. But... You rolled the wrong dice. Is what I had did. four dragons fighting me alongside <laughs> Anduin. Oh, so jeez. You know, Skyrim's broken. But fact of the matter is, it doesn't give you choices in the sense that Dishonored does. It doesn't give you. You know, you can do well. You can't do a non-lethal play. You're gonna have to kill people. But you choose who you want to kill. You don't have to kill the cities, but you can kill the cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, unless there's gonna be a child revolution, you're pretty safe in doing that. Um, and so it doesn't penalize you for any of your choices other than, like, hey, you've got to pay a fine. And then you just or pull out your sword, and you're like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> um, it really gives you total role-playing availability. And as a writer, that may not work because maybe that person just wants to go around collecting copies of the Lusty Argonian Maid, and that's just what Crabular... Sometimes that's... That's all you need. That's all you need. Sometimes that is the main quest. I've never Sometimes been, that's what Crabular wants to do. I've never been able to find one. Like I, like. How, have you, how many <laughs> times have you played Skyrim? A lot. How have <laughs> you never found a copy of the Lusty Argonian Mate? It's everywhere. I don't pick up a lot of books. And when I do, well, it's problem. not that. Educate yourself. I pick up food and all the other well, grab an apple and things. a good book. You see, that's why you're not leveling up as good as we are. Because you never pick up the books. You always pick up the expensive books. That's where it's at. Yeah, no. So, I mean, hmm. what about you? What do you What do you say? Does no, there need to be a negative choice for choice to matter? In a way, I I think honestly, I think the ending of Mass Effect is an excellent example of how a writer or a team of writers Before can or after get the across. Patch. Doesn't matter. Okay. Either way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but the, there's a very central idea that they're trying to push and I think the reg- regardless of which one which ending you pick I think the idea comes across and I think that after examining all of the endings that becomes more obvious which one is the ending that they hope that you played this game we hope you've learned this and that you're going to choose this because it's the only actual ending um, so and I know, I know Spencer, our, our friend Spencer, uh, will disagree with me on this these days. Um, well, he'll disagree with anyone on any day. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You could He could say he one thing, and then you say it, and then he's like, no, I disagree with that completely. Um, but The lovable yeah. nihilist that he is. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, I, I think that Mass Effect 3 is actually, despite common belief, um, an excellent example of utilizing choice to extend or to get across a very specific narrative. Um, now I think it's really muddled in the series right up until like the end of Mass Effect 3 is when it's like, oh, here it is, surprise. It took me a long time to actually find it. But um, after uh, some thorough examin- examination, I do enjoy it. Um, but at the end of the day, when you look at a video game, though, it's a, it's set in stone. A video game is set in stone. It's only ever going to have inside of it what is inside of it, 
what the developers put inside. So if choice, like we were saying earlier, is meant to kind of simulate a reality where we have choice and free will in the real world and we want that in our game, can that ever actually be achieved? Ever. I think if we're going to talk about uh, free will and choices in a game, it's about time I brought this up. Sure. One of my favorite uh, choice-based games, The Stanley Parable. Okay. Yeah, and basically that's a game where uh, you're a guy named Stanley, you work in an office, and you and you suddenly realize everyone's gone, and then and there's a jolly British narrator who guides you through the game, and he Sometimes narrates everything. Sometimes he's not so jolly. Sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> and that's when you yeah it's when you choose the right door, and when you choose that right door, suddenly everything goes off the walls, and the narrator's trying like trying to get you back, or he's like trying to like and do something just to fix the game. And, like, there are a lot of paths you can choose. I say a lot. There's, like, I mean, there is kind of a lot. And, and it just seems that way because, like, everything, all the choices are so varied. And, like, you can find new ways to break the game and find new endings or, like, paths. Like, you can, like, you can just, like, uh, like, let's say there's, there's a scene where it's, like, you have to go into an elevator and, like, the get, and, like, you go into this room where the elevator is and the door behind you, like, shuts and locks and you can't get out but if you like cheat the game and like the door is closing you go through that door and you broke the game but now you can go back and find a new option Mm -hmm. it basically deconstructs like choice and like sure should you do this but at at the the end of the day with stanley parable is is there actually a choice do you do you actually make the choice if it is since it is a game and at the end of the day a developer put that in front of you Mm mm-hmm is that still your choice if they're the one saying these are your choices? Hmm. If, if you don't have the maximum amount of free will, to hypothetically like you do in the real world, um, then is it actually your choice or are you making the choice of the, the, the developer? Director. Yeah, or the director yeah. or whoever. Yeah. I mean, most of the game is basically deviation of choices, and I think mm-hmm. that's what the guy who made this game is intending that you deviate and explore the options he has given you i feel like you're thinking over there mitch yeah I yeah i'm like I, get in here get yeah, in i here. understand what you're, <laughs> i understand what you're saying with um i mean if you think about it every choice is the developer's choice they they wrote it they right they put it in the game themselves and i totally agree with you um i feel like they make the choices to seem like the audience claims the choices. Like, I did this. Sure. I married Ayla the Huntress along with 70% of else of the world. This is my dragonborn. Yeah, this I is mine. <laughs> I'm special. I'm it's... wearing these shoulder pads. No one else can. It's... I'm blowing up right now. But, like... I am the vampire king. Yeah. I'm oh, listening yeah. to a star child. <laughs> How he mentioned Stanley Parable. I played that when it was just a dinky little Half-Life mod. And it looked Back like it looked like something you'd find on Half-Life 2 Deathmatch, like some mm-hmm. guy made it. And it was still amazing back then. It blew your mind. There wasn't nearly as many um, crazy options as today. Sure. I mean, they were very limited back then. It was just a guy making Half-Life mod. But <laughs> it was still wonderful, and it made you think. And even when you weren't thinking, it just messed with your head. Mm-hmm. Like, if you went str- the linear path, it was just this... It was boring. But if you <laughs> even if you follow the linear path all the way into the end and just take take one left instead of a right, you're playing a whole new game. And like that's basically what the Stanley Parable is. Yeah. Like sure. now those choices in games, they're 
they're hilarious and they're wonderful and they're they make you think. But ones that actually make you think, the ones that are plot heavy, I think right. those are a little bit more uh, necessary in certain games. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, Stanley Parable at the end, you really achieve nothing. <laughs> I just honestly, you achieve nothing. But well, some would say that about Mass Effect 3's ending too. So, yeah, I mean, what a can lot you do? of people said that. <laughs> what can <laughs> you do? But yeah, no, I, I remember the internet blew up. And I, that, I think so. Stanley Parable actually does a decent job of that. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a huge fan of Stanley Parable because I think it's a little pretentious, mm-hmm. a little, <laughs> a little very pretentious. Um, but it, it's um, it does a decent job of. De- Putting on display the sort of idea that I was talking about where, yeah, you have a choice, but at the end of the day, you're still going down the developer's tunnel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it, we still made this choice for you. We just sort of let you decide whether you were feeling left or right today. Um, and I think Mass Effect is that same sort of way, too, where it's not... You're you're not making your shepherd. You're deciding whether shepherd's in a good mood or a bad. Mood. You're picking which shepherd you <laughs> like more. Right. Yeah. You decided which side of the bed he woke up on today. Um, I well, two things I would add to that. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> connecting to the human conscience, I think there are two ways to do it. Either have choices that completely don't matter to the game, but highlight the player base. More specifically, Catherine. Sure. Um, I actually played that, and I know what you're talking about. Where the choices... (laughs) What a game. They're kind of about the story. They kind of engage you about the story, but they don't impact the story at all. It's really just your decision. I mean, yes, you can choose, like, which Catherine you want, what storyline, and, you know, this and the other. I think it does a really good job in that way, in an almost, like, emotionally manipulative kind of way. Incredibly. It's really cool. Like... It was a neat little touch. I'm so sad, like that's not updated anymore, and yeah, we'll probably never get like stuff. it will never bump up to like an Xbox One or PS4 release, and that breaks my heart. Yeah. But the other way to do that is to totally take out narrative at all with games like Minecraft, mm-hmm. where if you want to get the closest to an actual human consciousness in a video game, you need more than one player. Because if you have one player, then it's the god complex, and that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) Because if you're just left in Minecraft as yourself, you can either go the god route, where you can just create whatever you want, or the survivor route, where you imagine you're the last man on Earth and you build your own narrative. But if you have a community, then you're living in that community, you're making decisions based on your impact on that community, and that in and of itself is the closest way we can get to a human consciousness in a video game without it being tethered to a narrative storyline Unless, of course, you count the Ender Dragon as an end-all, be-all conclusion. I really like where you're going with this, with the whole community thing. Because, like, uh, I don't know necessarily if you mean... Okay, what do you mean? Like, adding friends to play with, or... Not necessarily friends. I mean other other players. players. I mean, like, if you go on Minecraft, there are communities. Yeah. There's, like, literal, like, guilds. They... Exactly. People are scary sometimes. They are frightful, and most of them are preteens, so I fear our next generations. Um, (laughs) But, like, I've never met you before. Before you came in here, I had no idea who you are. Mm -hmm. And I will probably forget your name after I leave this because I am awful with names. Oh, that's okay. here we are. Your face is in there for us. In this podcast community, if you will, we are doing something together. If I was in here all alone, I could be talking about the great joys of Yokai Watch 2. I would be in total control of what this show is about. Thank God. Rather than I have Eamon here orchestrating the show, but and he is outside of choice. I can say whatever I want, and he can only hope to reel me in, as is the poo choice earlier on in the conversation. 
Um, this is our freedom of choice. This is our freedom of expression. And that's all the time we have today. For, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Conclusions. Um, and that's exactly what we get in Minecraft. You know, yes, I can be friends with Eamon, but I can disagree with Eamon, mm-hmm. and I can bro- I can just blow up his house if I'm just having a really off day. But if it's in a community, really there dead. are consequences to that. If I'm banned from that, I'm essentially dead in that. They mm-hmm. have killed me in that community. Then I have to go into a new community and blow up that Eamon's house. And really just keep blowing up Eamon's house until someone lets me do it. It's really rude. You remind I, me of... <laughs> I love you. <laughs> you remind me of Space Station 13. Just like, you can do anything you want, but also you are restricted to community. Basically. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, any game that makes you have that god or survivor complex isn't a game that challenges you on a conscious level. It is a game that challenges your ethics and your morals because you are deciding how the hero or villain wants to be played rather than how you would interact in society. Would you say that uh, the GTA games do that kind of too with cheats and stuff? I... Because, uh... like, you can play it, like... I'm just going to be this lone man against the world, or I'm just going to have every car blow up whenever I, when I save. Well, mods are a thing. In Grand Theft Auto V Online, which is an, essentially an MMO online interactive environment, I would say you get closer, but because everything is built for destruction, it's built for you know high speeds, high octane environments, there is a narrative going on, and... It is a sandbox. I would say no. Even with mods, you're still not there because it's a one-man wrecking crew. Hmm. Whereas I, with Minecraft, there are, and the, this is coming from someone that does not enjoy Minecraft. You there are, you know, you're you have a weight to yourself. You can't just up and fly in some communities and build whatever you want with whatever. You have to go out and mine. You have to survive. You have to make food. You have to provide a value to the community. Whereas in Grand Theft Auto Online. You can drive around, shoot everything up, make $20,000, and that's your, like, get in with your gang. Now, I will say, Mitch was talking a little bit about WoW last week. Oh, yeah. About it and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the the community over there is interesting, and they always have some weird stuff going on. They're just weird. Um, But even, uh, we we talked about the kind of peer pressure to move away from uh, Pandarans Mm -hmm. or whatever within the community that, that, like, people just don't like the pandas. Why are you going away from Pandarans? I love Kung Fu Panda. I, okay. It is the best the, addition the WoW ever made. He's, he didn't say he was. It was the community. The community. I, I, but you're a part of that community. Therefore, you are toxic and wrong. <laughs> I love the, I, I love the Pandor, Pandarans, except what you're made to go through. It's, Which is nothing. It's a couple hours of pure hell. So I will give you that. Pandaren route is probably the worst route if you want to have fun. Yeah, it sucks. Because every other, like... Uh, race, you get it. You you get right in the action. You can go anywhere in the world. Not Pandarans. You're stuck on a turtle in the middle of the ocean. Like go, go. You can't. You can't go. Get to sit there and wait. Your best yeah, option is that it will take you to some underwater temple from Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask. Yes. Well, guys, we are at about time for this. We've already gone over a little bit. But Ooh. I do want to go a little bit further just to get in um, a little question to go around. Down the rabbit hole? Stuff. No, not down the rabbit hole. We're, we're far enough down the rabbit oh. hole for today. <laughs> oh. um, but it's very pretty simple, and we've already kind of touched on it, and you might have even brought it up already. Um, but what's kind of your favorite choice that you've had in a game? Or even just your favorite choice-driven game? Because sometimes it might be... 
choices that you're making throughout the game that compile into something bigger. That so I'm I'm not going to limit you to one exact choice within a game, but um, well, what if I already that, got my choice figured out? Well, that's good because you're going to go first and we're going to work oh, our way man. around. Oh. So awesome! All right, <laughs> go for it. I swear, if you steal my thing, it's the... <laughs> all right. So in this game called Duke Nukem Forever, you whether or not you have to choose whether or not to pick up the poo. <laughs> um, no, my actual favorite choice. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> uh, favorite choice would have to go to oh Mega Man. Battle Network 3. White. Very specific. No, Red Sun. Red Sun. That's the one I'm going with. <laughs> Red Sun is my final <laughs> vote because you have an option of either letting this 12-year-old die or letting this computer program die because they thought this was going to be the last Battle Network until it sold really well and they had to make Battle Network 5. So you either go into 4 with this brand new Mega Man that's been made and he's ready to help land fight, or you go into 5 and they totally have to ignore the fact that someone might have chosen for land to die on a rock in the middle of space, oh. but have Mega Man survive. Because they don't, they don't have that in 5. There's no mention of land ever dying, but there's that option. Sort of like in... Uh, the Force uh, Force Unleashed, with all those wonderful choices that exactly one of them actually matters for the sequel. So that's yeah. my vote. Uh, Mega Man Red Sun. There you go. What about you, man? Uh, I got a couple. One that's more philosophical, one that's more... Is it more... the poo? It's not the poo. You already mentioned the poo. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> uh, Enough. Yeah, one that's kind of philosophical and one that's uh, kind of just kind of... It, it, it resonates with me a bit. Sure. And the first one... It's the beginning of Central Four, and you got to decide. Ask the President of the United States. Oh yes. Will you cure cancer or end world hunger? Oh my God. <laughs> you only get one. No pressure. You yeah, only get one. it's no pressure. You have the power to do both, uh, but you can only no. do one. Yeah, you can only do sure. one. And, and you know what's great about it is that it doesn't even matter. It's never brought up again because spoiler, the world blows up. <laughs> hey, wow. So, so hey, no one's hungry. But uh, it's just nice because because it's so meaningless. It's just all, the only thing that matters is what you think. And you can just, like, debate, like, every time I play that game, I'm like, I have to have that little debate in my mind, which is better. Yeah, oh my God. I have to ask my friends, hey, oh which do you God. think is better? <laughs> sure. And then the other one, I w it, it's kind of story-based, but also really gameplay-based. It's uh, Fallout 3 Megaton, if okay. you know what I'm talking about. It's, uh, it's pretty early on in the game, you just leave, and the first city you go to is Megaton, and the and the big old thing in the middle of the city is a giant, seemingly non-active atom bomb, and you are given the choice. And you know the mayor's like, "Hey, someone should probably disarm that before things get bad." And there's another guy who just has like a suit and sunglasses on. He's like, "Hey, I'll pay you if you blow the place up." <laughs> and then you get the option, hey, and buddy. yeah, and it basically decides: Are you are you probably just gonna go? Are you just probably just gonna be a good guy or a bad guy? And are you gonna? Risk losing a lot of quest options over, you know, just blowing it up and getting some money. Or, like, where you're going to live, basically. It basically decides where you're going to live. Hmm. Like, are you going to live in the nasty shack with, like, a bunch of, like, disgusting old, like, atom-worshipping people? Or high society. High society, where people <laughs> are probably really racist. But, hey. Yeah. Probably? Eh, maybe. There might be an allegory or something. I don't know. But hey, it's a nice looking place. For sure. Yeah. I'm feeling uh, Borderlands 2. Borderlands 2. Okay. So there's not many choices in this game. Okay. Not many yeah, at no. all, other than like 
choosing weapon. Like you can turn in this mission to this guy. Customize options or, yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah. there was one choice. Well, I'll just go with the ending choice. There's there's one choice towards the end where you, you're there's a mission where you either can kill yourself or not kill yourself. That's always a good one. But the main mission at the end uh, is once you defeat the final boss, you're given the option to kill the main enemy, Jack. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, most people, before the dialogue even starts, they just blow his brains out. They don't <laughs> right. even listen. But if you pay attention, you can. Uh, the, another character named Lilith will be like, hey, are you going to kill him or do you want me to kill him? And you can either tell her, her to kill him and... That choice is so huge because he has done so much to, like, her specifically Mm -hmm. that would make her just want to just beat him to a pulp. Mm -hmm. Like, not even kill him until he's he's barely anything left. And I think that choice is just huge. Like, most people just skim over it. They don't see anything. But if if you've played the game, like, too many times like I have, Mm -hmm. um, it's just, like, every time it's, like, um, it's like the, the the cancer or the hunger. It's like, which do I choose? Except this one actually means something, kind of. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, I guess I guess that means I get the final say here. But um, yeah, I guess my one of my favorite ones is actually going to be more uh, an entire game's worth of choice experience um, with Spec Ops: The Line. Does an oh, awesome oh. job with it. Um, if you guys have ever played it, it does definitely flip the choices around at the end and kind of like surprise. This is actually what was going on, and it's uh, it does a really good job. Like we had talked about a little bit, when the agency is taken away from a choice a little bit, sometimes it'll cheapen the feel of the entire experience, and you know it's not a good thing. But I think Spec Ops did it in a very very good way. Um, that where it does kind of take away a little bit of were you actually making choice, but it feels really good. So um, Choice feels good. All right, guys. Well, that is the show tonight. Looks like we are just clocking in over an hour. So we did run it like 10 minutes later than we usually do. So sorry about that, stuff. audience. Hope you enjoyed it anyway. Um, again, uh, we've got uh, uh, Aiden Hall. Uh, Adam Sellers. Mitchell Sink. And Eamon Anderson, your host, and that's another episode, guys. Good night, everybody. Good Good night. night.